I don't know that I ever knew that you were a butcher at one point in your life. And so I'm wondering, like, is there any chance that the butcher could have ever foreseen you going this route in life? Yeah. Always claimed I wanted to go vegan. Always claimed I wanted to, you know, stop eating animals. And even while I was doing it, I was like, why am I here? My best friend got me the job, which is funny. My best friend that got me the job, he's vegan now too. And I think the more and more you learn, the more you open yourself up to the reality that things can be better and will get better. I think that kid definitely wouldn't be too surprised about it. Welcome to the Exam Room Podcast, brought to you by the Physicians Committee. Hi, I am the weight loss champion, Chuck Carroll. Thank you so very much for raising your health IQ with us coast to coast in the U.S. and in more than 150 countries. Hi to everyone listening in Rio Rancho, New Mexico, Douglasville, Georgia, and Mississauga, Ontario, Canada. Wherever you are, we appreciate you helping to make the world a healthier place. This is episode 35 of season 6, number 431 overall. Once upon a time, my guest today was a butcher. His job was to serve up slabs of steak and veal and pork chops for a living. Hardly what you would think about when it comes to somebody who is now vegan. In fact, he's now known as badass vegan john lewis is here with us once again today he has a brand new book out that chronicles his journey from not just his time behind the butcher's counter but from his humble beginnings being born to a crack addicted mother and how he was still able to rise up and make something of himself healthy both inside and out and now giving back to the world, spreading his wisdom and his passion for eating a plant-based diet. And he talks about transforming from this butcher and former college basketball player into the man who he is today. And he's got this great analogy for when he first went plant-based and it applies to a lot of us. And it is hysterical. Anybody who's ever been in any sort of a romantic relationship will certainly appreciate the comparison that he's able to draw there. So really looking forward to laughing with him about that. But more importantly, his story of just being able to look obstacles in their face and say, you are not going to hold me down. I am going to overcome because this is not the person whom I want to be. I want to be somebody who is better than that. I want to be the best version of myself. And that is exactly what John Lewis is. This is why he is truly the badass vegan. His story in just a moment. And then after the interview, stick around because I will be telling you about a new study that pits fasting and low-calorie diets head-to-head to see which has the bigger effect on diabetes. Undeniably, according to this research, we have a winner, and I will share those results with you that could have big-time implications for millions of people around the world. 
And speaking of which, I'll also tell you about another new study that looks at the staggering number of diabetes cases worldwide that could be prevented every single year. Researchers in this case looking at the eating habits of people in more than 180 countries to determine this number. And certainly this is eye-opening data that we should all be paying attention to. But first, before we can get to that research, a conversation with John Badass Vegan Lewis, basketball player turned butcher turned plant-based all-star, and I am so glad that he is here to share his story with us today on The Exam Room. John, good to see you, man. Good to see you, bro. Nice to see you. Appreciate the invite, of course. I appreciate the fact that you have just released a new book. Hold that up for us one time. Let's let's take a look at this thing. Here it is. Boom. Look at that. The man is a published author. That is one of the fancier looking books we've seen here, man. You know what's funny? I told him that in the interview when I, when I talked to all the publishers before I signed with uh, Avery, which is like a, an extension of uh, Penguin Random House. I told him, I said, look, I I want full color I don't want this to be something you just throw in your backpack. I want this to be sitting on your coffee table when company comes over. And like, I want it to be to the point where it's so colorful, like you use it, you get stains on it, but you got another one that doesn't get touched, like that kind of thing. So I, I want it to be full, full flavor, full color for sure. Well, it represents who you are, dude. I mean, you're a bold, a vibrant individual, full of life. You're definitely just like, you're going to put it out there. And that's exactly what you've done with the book by the way you're also i mean you're not just a freshly published author you are still making the rounds and i'm really excited to be able to link back up with you in just a few weeks at the planted expo in toronto april 29th and 30th i'm assuming there's going to be copies of the book there as well yes that is the plan um they're in talks with the publisher now uh to get some copies of the book there i'll actually be doing an autograph signing as well um we're still deciding if it's going to be saturday or sunday because I don't speak till Sunday. So we're like, well, it probably makes more sense to go off of the buzz of me just getting off stage and then doing it then. So most likely it'll be that Sunday. Big time, man. Here we go. Autograph signing book, man. You, you, you just the ticket. But here's the deal. If you can't make it to Toronto and because everybody's watching everywhere, it's understandable. If you can't click the link right now in the episode notes, pick up your copy of the book right now. Uh, and man, what a great read it is. We were talking right at the top about going down a trip down memory lane right back to when you first went plant-based and man did you ever capture this perfectly in the book you talk about getting started and the first 30 days of eating a plant-based diet man this is just hysterical you think back to your first 30 man what was that experience like for you you know what my first 30 was exactly how i explained it in the book um you know i really i truly believe that Life is all about relationships, but I think a lot of times we put so much focus on like romantic relationships that we miss all the different relationships there are. Your food is a relationship. So the way I, I correlate it is, you know, for all the people that are so nervous the first 30 days, they want a meal plan. And I get it all the time. People go, I want to go vegan, but I need a meal plan. I'm like, wait a minute, you're not vegan now. Do you have a meal plan? They're like, no. I'm like, so do you think all vegans walk around with a meal plan? It's like, no, like, have fun those first 30 days. And that's what it's all about is I say, treat it like a relationship. You know, when you get in that new relationship, sorry for the kids that are listening, but 
for the parents that understand when you're in a new relationship, you're getting it on everywhere. Like the airport, the library, the uh, in the car, lunch break, wherever you can, you're getting it in and you're finding out your likes and dislikes of each other. And that's the same thing you're doing with this food. You're, you're going to try everything out. You got to remember, we eat, as humans, we eat the same five animals all the time. There's over 70,000 edible plants. So have fun. Go on an adventure. See what you like and you don't like. Don't worry about losing. Don't worry about gaining. Have fun. And then after that 30 days, that's when you can go, you know what? I want to lose. That's fine because now you know what you like. If you want to lose, you eat less of what you like. If you want to gain, you eat more of what you like. And if you want to maintain, we'll just keep doing what you've been doing those 30 days. But the beauty of it is, is you're not putting so much stress on yourself to where you hate this relationship. Because let's be honest, in a new relationship, if you have a lot of restrictions, you can't talk to your old friends no more. You can't, you know, do all these certain things. The relationship is not going to last because you feel bogged down. It's too much stress. But if you're just having fun, that relationship is going to last. For sure, man. And and it's all about being authentic. You hit the nail on the head with the meal planning. It's like if you meal plan going into it, if you've always been a meal planner, great. Keep on meal planning. If you switch to a plant-based diet, if you haven't been, don't try to become something you're yeah. not. Because if you're phony up front in a relationship, John, how many times did you try this in your younger days? It, does, it does not <laughs> last, man. Eventually, you get busted. You throw up. You either get busted or you just get tired of trying yep. to be somebody you're not, man. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And that's, that's what it's all about. And you will... And you see that. That's why you got all these people that are like, I tried vegan and it was horrible. So I quit. And this is what happened to me. It's like, yeah, because you went in and the wrong pretenses with the wrong plan. And then you had these expectations that weren't there. And you thought the sun was going to you know, rise as you woke up every morning because you were vegan. Now, that's not how it works. It's a process. It's a learning process. So, you know, people got to understand that. How did you blend the authentic John Lewis into your new diet and not try to be somebody that you weren't, which of course makes eating this way unsustainable? You know, for me, I think it, I think when I transitioned over, the one thing that helped me out tremendously was that um, I wasn't very big on social media yet. So like, I didn't have anybody hating. I didn't announce that I was going vegan. I just did it. Um, I, and I, that I talk about that too. The beauty about being a vegan is you don't have to announce it to anybody. There's no membership club. Nobody's going to like send you out an ID. You got to pay, you know, a certain fee. If you want to keep that to yourself, do it. You know what I'm saying? It is not hurting anybody. You know, at the end of the day, the, the people and the animals and the earth that benefit from your decision, they don't care about you being out in the limelight trying to do it. If you do it, that's great. But if you don't, there's still every animal that's not killed doesn't care why you went vegan, who you went vegan for. If you're announcing that you're vegan, all they care about is that you're not eating them. That's it. What was the feeling out process like for you, though, man? Because as you said, I mean, tens of thousands of plants out there, but we only eat a few different varieties of animal sources. So I mean, that's a whole lot of new kind of food on your plate, man. Give us like what that whole awakening was like for you in terms of what the new stuff was that was coming on your plate. It was almost disheartening. Um, I know that sounds crazy, but it was almost disheartening because 
coming from St. Louis, I literally was limited to the fruits and vegetables that I ate. Um, before I moved here to Miami, I honestly had never had an avocado. I never had a plantain. I never had, I, I don't even think I had real pineapple. Now that I think about it, I never had mango. There were so many things I had never had. Um, asparagus, arugula, like literally things that are basic to me now. I never had it. So for me, it was like this wow factor. Like, I cannot believe I've been missing this my whole life. Um, and all I ever had was the processed versions of most of it. Like, I never had mango, but I had like mango soda or pineapple soda or candy or, you know, some Skittles that claim to be, uh, I don't want to put Skittles out there bad, but, you know, some candy that claim to be pineapple flavored. And so for me, it was just this wake up of like, a party in my mouth. Like, that's the best way to say it. I talk about that in the book. Like, you know, don't eat food that doesn't excite you at the end of the day. You don't, we're not in that era where we have to drink nothing but celery juice and, um, and lime or something like have fun, enjoy it. And that's what I did. Dude. And that goes back to the, like, don't front because it won't last. It's like, no. you cannot be the celery juice guy and think that that's, what's going to sustain you for the rest of your life. First of all, I will go on record right now, John, and tell you straight up, I can't stand celery juice. Never I think that it tastes God awful. <laughs> well, you're not missing out, dude. Let me tell you something. You were missing out, not having fresh mango, fresh pineapple, all that good stuff. Yeah. You ain't missing out without having this celery juice, man. Well, I don't know I don't anybody like that's like, I, yeah, man, come on. I don't like man. celery. So what would make me think I would like the celery juice? Like, I don't. Thank you. It's not that hard. Thank you. Right. Right. I mean, to each his own. I'm just saying I would I would suspect that it is a very small percentage of the population yeah. that gets giddy to start their day with some celery juice, man. Exactly. And especially you got to think, too, you've been living this certain lifestyle that's been full of flavor your whole life. You're not going to go to non-flavor. Like, I'm not saying celery doesn't have flavor, but you're not going to go to the flavors that you do not like from eating a smorgasbord of your favorite flavors. Not going to happen. So to be realistic is you have to make sure that your experience is exciting and enjoyable. One of the things that I admire most about you is that you're you're like a lot of us and you're so open and forthright about it that, you know, you thought, you know, at one point you were eating kind of a healthier diet, right? You were an athlete. I mean, you played ball very well at a high level. And and then it's like, nah, no, really kind of you, you have this kind of epiphany like, nah, yeah. I was really missing the mark, right? Like. Yeah. I need the authentic pineapple. I need the authentic mango. I don't need the celery juice, but I could, you know, use the nutrients to come with it. Like right. you, you just kind of have this awakening and you, you own it, man. Where do you think, despite the fact that there's so much nutrition information out there, why do you think it is that so many people now are still kind of missing the mark when it comes to what it truly means to eat healthy? This might offend some people, but I usually don't care. I'm not going to <laughs> anybody. Um, but I, I, I think people will understand this. And I say this all the time. I say the best form of brainwashing is when the person doesn't even know they're brainwashed. And that's what's happened with our food industry. They've been brainwashed so badly to believe that this meat, this dairy, all these other things are just so good for them that if you try to get them to step away from that, that's that's like, you're you're just basically committing a sin 
You know, and in fact, I've I've literally had people think <laughs> that eating vegan is literally against the Bible. I'm like, oh, okay, cool. Like, if that's what you believe, I can't stop you from believing that. I'm not about to go down this rabbit hole with you. But I really believe that the brainwashing that is involved in the exploitation of people and animals in order to fulfill this industry, because now it's an industry. It's not even a it's not because it's just the eating. It's an industry. If so many things are tied to this way of life, whether it's the pharmaceuticals that are involved in it, um, the money that's involved in these uh, slaughterhouses, the money that's involved in the actual stores. If let's just be honest, if, for instance, the pharmaceuticals, one of the pharmaceuticals, I mean, this is definitely the channel to talk about it, but um you know, uh, high cholesterol, high cholesterol, you get cholesterol from one place besides your body making it. It's from animal protein. And, um, I always look at it. The, the industry, and I talk about this in the book, the industry is a trillion dollar industry. And if people don't think that it's all about money, if we had 10% I'm not even being crazy. If you took 10% of a trillion dollars, if 10% of the people took their health back into their own hands and didn't need these certain uh, medicines, because let's be honest, there are some medicines out there that are needed. I will never be like, all medicine's bad. I'm not that guy. But the ones that can just be alleviated by changing their way of life, if 10% of those people did that, 10% of a trillion is a lot of money. And you're talking about bankruptcy. You're talking about folding of these companies they don't want a healthy forget america they don't want a healthy world and and another thing we touch base in the book is that you know america is the number one consumer of all pharmaceuticals uh in the world and on top of that what's even crazier is that for all the people and i'm not i'm not a i don't i let people do what they do i'm not an anti-vax and not a pro-vax but i like to make this uh point that for people that are anti-medicine, anti-this, anti-that, did you know that the number one consumer of pharmaceuticals in this country isn't even humans? It's the animals in slaughterhouses. They use more pharmaceuticals to keep them from being sick than any humans do in the country. Mm. You know what kind of like you say that and now I'm kind of wondering, well, I know that we also pay perhaps the most for pharmaceuticals out of anywhere yep, in the entire true. world. So like if you go to Costco, you buy in bulk, you get a discount. Why in the world are we still paying the most when we're consuming the most? Like it doesn't yeah. make sense to me on that front either. But that's a story for another day. Don't get mm -hmm. me going. I'm just saying again, I speaking just on behalf of myself, not on behalf. Exactly. Of exactly. Yeah. Exactly. I mean, let me just go ahead and couch that one there right there. Um, all right, man. So let's talk about some of the recipes that are in the book. This is really cool to me too, is that uh, you took the time. You're not just uh, sharing your story and sharing some information. You're giving people some really great banging recipes to get themselves yeah, going too. on this healthier journey too, man. Talk to me about some of the ones that are in there that you say, all right, if you're going to start with one, this is gonna be it. Look so at I'm you looking for it right now, and it's yeah. um, it's literally a a recipe that I, that I that I invented when I was basically dead broke, and uh, oh, <laughs> and it was like I had these ingredients in the house, 
Um, my good friend Tori Washington, if anybody knows Tori Washington, we were just laughing about this today. There was a point where I had $8 in my bank account, and we were just laughing like, you know what? It's going to get better, bro. And I was like, oh, yeah, I believe it. But it's still funny that I have $8 in my account, and the rent is due. You know, like, <laughs> it's time to pay. <laughs> but the uh, the name of the dish is called A Badass Beautiful Mess. Um, and basically, it was plantains. Uh, uh, sorry, I'll start off. It was a bed of quinoa, um, and then sweet plantains. I uh, baked them. I didn't fry them. And then I put that on top. And then I put uh, guacamole. I made guacamole, put that on top. And then I took, um, what's the other ingredient that I used? Uh, that was really about it. And I just put those together. Oh, and grilled onions. Oh, my goodness. When I tell you, it, a badass, beautiful mess is just the epitome of, like, the best thing to eat. Let's see. I'll look it up here. I mean, that just sounds badass delicious. It's amazing how simplistic a recipe can be, but then like how complex and delicious the flavors are at the same time, you know? And, and to me, it's like, man, you know, not only can you make that on the cheap. I mean, if you're making that with eight bucks in your bank account, you know, you're like Tony Okamoto plant-based on a budget level and then some, and then on top of that, you're like nailing the recipe, man. So that's the... What page is that on? Let us know. That's so on 167. Can... 167. All right. Mark that one down, Rumi. Yeah, mark that one down. 167. That one hits home. You know what I'm saying? Did you come up with all of these recipes yourself? Uh, I would say about 25% are all just me. And so my one of my best friends in the world, who's also my chef, uh, Tara Ponzone, if anybody's ever been to um, Pura Vida in L.A., She's the owner and curator of that. So she helped me with about 75% of the uh, recipes as well. And we put this together. And, like, and I'm telling you, man, we just just had fun. We just had fun. And it's like, I've had all this food myself. And I can guarantee you that all of it is good. Like, all of it. Have the kids had a chance to sample some of the stuff that's in the book? The recipes? Oh, yeah. I mean, we they've eaten, you know, a lot of this stuff anyway. Um so that was good. They they already know what most of this is because we eat it anyway. What's it like for them? I think I saw this on your Instagram. Your your boy in the bookstore saw saw your book there. What was that like? Yeah, it was weird because he was like, why are we going in the store, Pop? I'm like, oh, come on, man. And you know, he's only four. He's an advanced four, but he's only four. And he's like, and I had to ask because I couldn't find it. So I had to ask uh, the person to help me find it. And he shows me, he points it out. And I'm like, look, buddy, look, look over there. And he he runs to it. He's like, oh, my God, Poppy, it's you. I'm like, yeah, yeah. So he was, like, really, really proud. And that 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 helped me, man, you know, a lot, you know, because, you know, I, I'm um, my mom passed in uh, July of last year. So at least she got to see the cover, but she didn't get to see the whole book. So it was big that, like, while she didn't get to see it, you know, the kids got to see the experience and everything, too. So that was a big thing for me, definitely. Yeah, man. How you been doing? Um I know that, that that was tough. She was such a huge part of your life. Huge. Um, you know, it's funny. It's it's like one minute I'll be good, and then one minute I'll have like this moment of like, man, I miss her. But I think also, you know, I've come to the conclusion that the the bigger the love was, the bigger the void is. You know mm. what I'm saying? Like that's that's and I'm understanding that. Like now, if I I could be just driving my car, man, and if the right song come on, I'm just like a bucket of tears. But it's like, 
it's not like this like depressive bucket of tears. It's just like, you know, I'm here because of her, you know, and a lot of people, which we talk about in the documentary, I, I don't talk about it much in the book, but I do touch base on it. Um, that's really my grandmother. She adopted me at birth um, because my my actual mother was a, was a crackhead. So I was uh, literally a crack baby. Um, and so they, she wanted to put me up for adoption. And my grandmother was like, no, you're not putting my first grandchild up for adoption. So she legally adopted me um, and went through a two year process to do so. And she was already 40 years old. She ain't had to do this. You know what I'm saying? So like, I think our bond is so tight because she really didn't like, especially more, the more of a, an adult I got, I really got to see the sacrifices she did. You know, as a kid, you don't care. You just like, all right, I need, I want this toy. I want this food. I want this. I want that. But as an adult, I really started to understand all the sacrifices she made for me. So, um, and I think that's what gave me my work ethic. That that helps me to do what I'm doing. Like, I can't stop because I know what my mom did. My mom picked cotton as a kid. She was 85 when she passed. Like, she literally picked cotton as a kid. You know what I'm saying? So, um, yeah, like her work ethic is is in me, and I'm I'm just I want to pass that on to my kids. So, I'm good. Like it it it's painful at times, but I, the love is so great that the pain is outweighed, you know what I'm saying, by by the love. Yeah, man. And, and no doubt she's looking down on you, smiling, just ultra proud of everything that you're doing, continue to do, will continue to do. Um, but I also want to go back to what it was that you were saying about like where you came from. I mean, you were facing obstacles before you were even born yeah. and you still were able to climb to this point in life and conquer your health and continue to learn and educate others, inspire others. And so I think that that speaks volumes to the people who are like, well, I could never do this. I could never do what it is you guys are doing. I could never eat a healthy diet like that. It's just not in my DNA. And if somebody's dealt a, a hand like yours and is able to do this, I don't know anybody on the face of the earth that could come up with a plausible excuse why they couldn't do the same thing. Right. And that that's like, like I told you before, like, that's why I love to share my story because I don't want people to use that excuse. Like I, I was a butcher at one point. I, I like I said, I was, I was, you know, born addicted to crack. I, I, there's so many things. I was obese as a, as a freshman in high school, I was 315 pounds. Um, all the, all the valid excuses. I grew up in the hood, you know what I'm saying? Whatever somebody wants to use as what they call a valid excuse that has nothing to do with what your decision is. You know what I'm saying? It, it may not be the easiest decision, but the decision can be made and the actions can follow that decision. Now, let me tell you something. You ever want to branch out of just the plant-based world and go into motivational speaking for like just general motivational speaking, dude, you can change some lives out there too. Let me tell you something. I mean, tit for tat, your story just, I mean, it Appreciate stacks it up against anybody and anything for real yeah but you know and i i've learned this throughout time and i and i hear it a lot and i think people hear it too and i i really believe that like i don't think without that adversity i would be who i am today i think that actually helped me out tremendously like it 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 helped me to not depend on somebody else for what i need to go do for myself um I think it 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 showed me that like yo if I work my tail off, there's a chance. Now it doesn't doesn't necessarily mean it has to happen, but there's a great chance 
that the best outcome possible is going to happen. And that's, I, I truly believe that if you, even if you don't reach the mountaintop right next to the mountaintop is way better than at the bottom. Mm. And you know what I'm saying? I think people, more people have to realize that is that I think people, and, and another thing too, that I, I understand now is that time is okay. If it takes longer than two days to get to my goal, I'm okay with that. I mean, I started my company in 2010. My book, my first book is hitting the shelves in 2023. It wasn't an overnight thing. I'm I'm okay with that. I'm okay with working my tail off until it happens. And not mm-hmm. knowing the actual date of it, that's when you know you found your passion. That's when you know you found what you love. Like, I don't care when the actual outcome happens. I know it's going to happen if I just keep grinding. Absolutely. Like I said, motivational speaking, man, because you got me all kinds of fired up, giving me the feels over here, man. You're giving me the feels. And I've had some some serious stories told on this show, man. Um, yeah. And yours is right Appreciate there. Um, We've got to wrap things up here. But I do. I, I got to ask. I don't know that I ever knew that you were a butcher at one point in your life. And so I'm wondering, like, what would badass butcher think about badass vegan? Like, is there any chance that the butcher could have ever foreseen you going this route in life. Yeah. 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 I always, always claimed I wanted to go vegan. I always claimed I wanted to, you know, stop eating animals. And I, I just, for me, it was getting away from my family. That was one thing. Once I went to grad school, you know, down, down in Florida, that helped out tremendously because I didn't have any peer pressure. I didn't have anybody around me saying that's crazy. Don't do it. Um, And even while I was doing it, I was like, why am I here? But it was a means to an end, you know, um, it, you know, it was, like I said, it was in the middle of the hood. Um, it my best friend got me the job, which is funny. My best friend that got me the job, he's vegan now too. Um, and he works in film as well. So it's like it full circle, but it was like, at the time I was doing what I thought had to happen. And I think the more and more you learn, the more you open yourself up to the reality that, things can be better and will get better. That's when I realized like, oh yeah. So I, I think, I think that that kid, cause I was only like 19 when I was working there. I think that kid definitely wouldn't be too surprised about it. Hey man. Well, I'll tell you what, your kids are lucky that uh, they have you in their life, man. Uh, they have a hell of a role model as a father and the rest of us have a hell of a role model uh, on social media. Uh, as an author, as a filmmaker, just you really are the kind of person that if you set your mind to it, you're going to go out and you're going to do it. And oh, it's going to get done. But I, but, that's it. but that's why I also share my story, bro, because I really I truly in in the deepness of my soul and my heart. I do believe that everybody has a capability. I really don't think I'm special in that sense. I just believe that if anybody and everybody believes in themselves and they really go out and put if you put a hundred percent into everything you do, you're going to get a hundred percent out of everything you do. And that's it. It's just not, it's not rocket science. There's no special DNA. Nobody is above anybody. Nobody's royalty. I don't give a damn what, you know, TV says or what another country says. Nobody's more royal than anybody. We're all capable of amazing things, but we also have to understand that with that capability comes the work that has to go with it. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, but I love what you said is like, everybody's got it. 
It's the, the way that I put it. It's always we all have the same tools in our toolbox. We're born with them. And it's just a matter of who wants to put in the work to actually build what it is that they want. It's but it's already there for you. Yeah. Some of our tools, you know, most of these industries have hidden our tools in a secret compartment in the <laughs> toolbox. So we don't know they're in there, but they're in there because if you think about it, the industry has made everything more convenient. That's all they're about. What's more convenient? What's easier to get? What's e what the two minute abs instead of the five minute abs? You know, that used to be the 30 minute abs. Like everything is more convenient no matter what it is. Uh, easier to get your food to you. Easy. You don't even have to go to the grocery store anymore. I, and I'm 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 a victim. I, I use, you know, certain services to get my food to my door, especially when I'm traveling. But everything is so much easier that we don't understand that. Yes, we still have to work. Our bodies are meant to be in motion. Our bodies are meant to be fueled a certain way. And if we don't do that, even though that decision may be harder than what's available right in front of us, our body's going to favor that. And life is just going to be better in general. Well, man, I tell you what, life is definitely a little bit better with your book. Badass Vegan, Fuel Your Body, F the System, and Live Your Life Right. What a title, man. That just sums you up so well, too. That's you to a T, man. Congratulations, dude. This is you, dude, such a great read. Thank you so much. Thank you, bro. I appreciate it. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Cannot wait to catch up with John at the Planted Expo in Toronto, April 29th and 30th. That will be at the Entercare Center up there. And you can visit plantedlife.com for more information. Come on out and see us. Not just going to be us that weekend. Carly Bodrug from Plant You will be there along with Dr. Michael Greger. So come on out. Say hi. Plantedlife.com. So much great food is going to be there. Ticket information. Plantedlife.com. Or just click the link in the episode notes. Now, at the top of the show was telling you about a couple of studies that I wanted to talk about regarding diabetes that have just been published. Let's start with one that came from Australia. Researchers there have been busy studying the connection between fasting and diabetes. And so what this group did was they looked at the effects that fasting has on blood glucose levels and they compared it to the blood glucose levels that come from just eating an exclusively low calorie diet. So this was done at the University of Adelaide and South Australian Health and Medical Research Institute. 18 month long study, year and a half study of more than 200 people. And researchers say that the group who fasted for just three days during the week, only three days, just eating between the hours of 8 a.m. and noon, that group showed a greater tolerance to glucose after six months than those who just ate the low-calorie diet and did not fast. And the findings also show that despite both groups losing roughly the same amount of weight, the fasting group became more sensitive to insulin and also experienced a greater reduction in blood lipids. So that's a double bonus as well right there. And while some estimates vary on this, the study's authors did say that nearly 60% of type 2 diabetes cases could be delayed or even prevented with changes to diet and lifestyle. Interesting findings. If you really want to delve 
deeply into this, you can do that. We've dropped a link to the full research, which was published in the Journal of Nature Medicine. That right now can be found in the episode notes. Now, speaking of diabetes, saw another study this week that estimates that a poor diet was responsible for more than 14 million cases of type 2 diabetes in the year 2018 alone. So just one year. And this is research that was just published by the Friedman School of Nutrition. Looking at the eating habits of people and get this, 184 different countries. 184 different countries. And we can talk more about this in a future episode, but 14 million cases of diabetes in a single year resulting from dietary choices alone. The researchers here say that's 70% of all new type 2 diabetes cases driven by decisions that we make ourselves. And far more often than not, it's not a roll of the dice. Your health is not a roll of the dice. It's not fate. It is the food. It is getting up and moving your legs and getting a little bit of exercise. And walking past or running past the drive-thru rather than pulling in with your car. Does it take a little bit of extra work to eat healthy? Naturally it does. Because most of us live in a world of convenience. But now think about how convenient it's actually going to be to have to go to the doctor all of the time. Or how inconvenient it is to always be sick and chronically in pain. I mean, either way, you're going to have to invest the time to take care of yourself. So how are you going to choose it? Are you going to choose to do it up front and spend a few extra minutes in the kitchen? Or do you want to spend a whole bunch of time on the back end in the car and then in the waiting room to see the doctor and then waiting to get your prescription filled and then maybe days, if not longer, in the hospital and every day, perhaps not even feeling quite right? Is that worth the time? that you save by going to the drive-thru instead of in the kitchen cooking a more nutritious meal for yourself? That's a question that only you can answer because it is your choice. But remember, more often than not, it is your choice. Choose wisely, my friends. Coming up on the next episode, the doc and chef will be here. They're joining me on the exam room live. And if you could join us live, we have a special start time this Wednesday, 10 a.m. Eastern on YouTube and on Facebook. So a couple of hours earlier, 10 a.m. on YouTube or on Facebook, or you can always catch the replay right back here on the podcast. That is Dr. Jim Loomis and the chef, Karen Dugan, St. Louis Veg Girl. She will be here with us as we talk about their brand new show, The Doc and Chef. And also, they're stepping out into the world. They're going to be joining me at the Fairfax Veg Fest on April 23rd in Herndon, Virginia, just outside of Washington, D.C. About 10 minutes or so from Dulles Airport. They're going to be there along with Dr. Neil Barnard, Robert Cheek, 
Gwen Whitaker from Green Fair Organic Cafe. Also, T. Colin Campbell will be there and Dr. Baxter Montgomery as well. Plus, a whole lot of fun, a whole lot of food. And you can check out FairfaxVegFest.org for all of the information. And then also in the D.C. area, hang out on June 4th with me in Bethesda, Maryland. I will be at Planet Bethesda myself and Congressman Jamie Raskin, along with 5,000 other plant-based enthusiasts. Another day filled with a whole bunch of delicious plant-based food. And the first 2,000 people who join us that day at Planet Bethesda, they will also get a free tote bag that I have been told will be stuffed with a bunch of goodies. Love free stuff. Free swag just makes the world go round. Plus, it is a dog-friendly event, so come on out. Have a good time in the canine courtyard with your four-legged friends and a whole bunch of plant-based enthusiasts. So planetbethesda.com for all of the details or click that link in the episode notes. And don't forget the big show also up in New York on July 12th, the exam room live and in person. Tickets are on sale now. But for today... That is going to wrap things up. I want to say thank you one more time to John Badass Vegan Lewis for being here, helping to raise our spirits and our health IQs. And for everyone at the Physicians Committee, I am the weight loss champion, Chuck Carroll. Thank you so very much for listening. And remember, as always, keep it plant-based. Plant-based.